0: Hello, America, and welcome to the only podcast brave enough to say that we're gangster to put two marshmallows in our hot cocoa. Yes, I am your host, Blaze Fitzgerald Ryan, hosting our uh, episode, again, of A24 on the Rocks. I am joined by our usually esteemed guest, but we also have another special guest uh, on the program with us tonight. Uh, Why don't you introduce yourself?
1: My name is Chris Perra. I used to be on a podcast with three out of the four people here. Uh, well, other people. Good to see you guys again. What are you drinking, by the way, Chris? (laughs) Oh, I am drinking a nice fat tire amber ale tonight. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful.
2: All right, good evening, world. This is Kevin Kacon, Conachek, and tonight I am drinking a Michter's Straight Rye Single Barrel whiskey. Because, you know, whiskey's delicious, and I've said it time and time again that life is much better when you have a glass of whiskey in your hand. So, on to the Kiskas.
3: Uh, my name's Eric Kiska, and I am drinking a Raspberry Ghost Style Tart Ale from Eastern Market Brewing Company, which uh, is brewed in Detroit's Eastern Market. Up next. Is it ghost, ghost Style? Ghost Style. G-O-S-E. Ghost Oh, okay. I like Ghost Style
2: better. I don't know. That's just what I say. Ghost Style beer. <laughs> it's, <so spooky. laughs> Up next it's a spooky beer. Be a pumpkin ale and it'll be ruined.
4: To round out the Kiskas, my name is Kelly. I am following the namesake of our show tonight, which I don't usually do. So I'm having a drink on the rocks. It is a Michigan-made aquavit. <laughs> the end of the bottle that we started like yeah, I
2: remember that. It was like the first ago. five episodes, you were drinking aquavit. <laughs> we went to Norway. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and once again, my name is Blaze Ryan, and tonight I am drinking an Angry Orchard hard cider. Uh, Cole couldn't make it; he's preparing for the end of the world, um, <laughs> which he probably, right, really might be. That might not be a joke. No, he might. <laughs> be, yeah, I can see
2: Cole being a uh, you know an end of the worlder. You know, Nick type. Offerman
3: in Last of Us.
0: Our movie tonight is Morris from America. Morris from America is a 2016 film from writer director Chad Harrington. Uh, he's Irish and he directed This Is Martin. Chad Hardigan. Hardigan. Little Fish. Hardigan. Why do I have Harrington? Okay. Uh, <laughs> the movie premiered at the Sundance Film Festival to uh, critical appraise, but it only made $91,000 in the box office. So. Wasn't really a huge commercial hit. A quick rundown of the movie is it's about 13 year old uh, Morris who moved to Germany from America with his dad, played by Daniel Craig. What? Um, Craig Robinson. And it's about his. Uh... <laughs> Daniel Craig.
1: Did Daniel Craig's Daniel... from James oh, Bond. God. Oh my God. so much better.
0: <laughs> 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 Let's just do that for the rest
2: of the night. Daniel Craig 007. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I love you, Blaze, but
0: keep going. Oh, we're off to a great start. Okay. Played by Craig Robinson. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> As he navigates his life in the new culture, meeting women, um, trying to get his rap career off the ground, and many other misadventures that we have throughout the movie. So, I like to go back to what our old uh, Rubbing Stone is, um, opening vibes of this movie. We, we open up on Dan- Craig Robinson and <laughs> Morris, um, listening to an old school rap music, getting in a quit parent and son-like, fun fight, and then going out for ice cream. So, Chris, what did you think of the uh, first couple moments of this movie?
1: Uh, I thought it set the tone pretty good. You got to see the the father-son relationship that those two have built while they're over there. You could definitely see that Curtis is old school, and Mo, uh, Mo is definitely new school in that aspect. Uh, Eric, what did you think of the opening scene? Uh, yeah,
3: I definitely got father-son, like coming-of-age tale feels right away. And uh, seeing Craig Robinson, not Daniel Craig, uh, is always—he's uh, a very comforting uh, figure. I like remember him from The Office, you know, uh, remember him from This Is the End. Uh, he's been in some of my favorite TV shows and movies in the last twenty years, so seeing him as this lovable father figure was—I uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, Marquise Christmas played the son, Morris, and I've never seen him in anything before, and I enjoyed him a lot. Kelly, how would you like the
0: opening of this film?
4: Yeah, I immediately liked the cinematography of having really bright, high contrast, um, like, lens that we're seeing this whole world through, and that carries on throughout the whole movie. I feel like we watch a lot of movies from A24 that are a little bit dulled in their color scheme, and this is the total opposite. I also agree that I would ground a child for not liking my music taste. <laughs> so I immediately liked Dad, and I also immediately got the vibe that, like, This is a single dad who, like, his kids, possibly his only friend. And in the world that they're in, over in, when I didn't know it was going to be Germany right away, but I loved how we start inside, and then when we go outside, I was like, oh, he's from America. We're not in America, and that's really, like, in-your-face obvious without telling you with words. And that's what I always say a movie should do is show you, not tell you. And they accomplished that right away.
0: Reach. Kevin, what about you? How did you feel? So for my
2: my part, right away when I first started the movie, the first thing I tuned right into was the soundtrack. I could tell that there was going to be a good base for this movie, and it was hip-hop. And you could kind of tell from the way that they framed those opening shots and the way they made it immediately important that this was going to be kind of the groundwork for the rest of the film. And I really appreciated that, Phil. My first notes are about the music. And for me personally, in a movie, that's what I love. Hip-hop and I don't have a great relationship because I just don't necessarily know enough about it in general. But it's it's still a great way to start the movie for me and then to introduce your characters um, as having that relationship. Uh, I agree with Kelly 100%. I'm absolutely grounding a child for not uh, having my same taste in music. It won't be <laughs> negotiable. They will be listening to... Nothing but the Grateful Dead from the time they can breathe until they can walk. But anyway, I digress. Um, I love the opening themes where it really set the two characters um, as being the focal point, their relationship. Um, You guys all touched on it, so those things and more.
0: I'm really glad you brought up the music. I think we all know how important music, hip-hop, there's a lot of uh, German EDM sprinkled throughout the uh, film as well. Uh, But the main thing is rap and hip-hop, especially as one of you said correctly the clash between old school and new school between morris and curtis his dad since i don't want to mess up the actor's name anymore um so i guess my question is kevin you kind of alluded to already but what is your uh history with hip-hop is it something that you enjoy is it something that you know even though it was pronounced in the movie is this something that you have a background in is something that you love to either you know either make or listen to etc. Yeah. So, so I, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if you were asking go me ahead. that no, question. You, or not. No, no, I'm gonna. No, like I said right in now.
2: my previous response, I'm very limited in my um in my hip hop knowledge. Um, I'm looking for more. I'd love to get into it. Uh, what I do like about hip hop is the old school. So I'm on Curtis on this side. Some of the the older um the roots, some of the old roots stuff. You know, Questlove. Some of the the older um, hip hop icons. I enjoy. Uh, maybe not so much the new stuff, but the old stuff. All right.
3: Eric. I think everyone here knows I'm from Metro Detroit. So, in the fifth grade, uh, my sisters bought a Slim Shady LP that I listened to and learned every swear word in the book. And so, I grew up with uh, (laughs) Eminem, you know, from Slim Shady LP into uh, the Marshall Mathers LP. And then I, you know, went on to Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, I was obsessed with for a while. Tupac, you know, I got into Tupac right after Biggie. I got into a lot of uh, 90s rap combined with, I'd say, Lil Wayne and Eminem uh, growing up. And, yeah, those guys were, I listened to them constantly all the time. I was constantly, like, rotating between classic rock and then listening to rap. And it was, yeah, it was (laughs) just like a weird... you know back and forth between that but you know i i enjoyed rap a lot growing up still do and uh there's still a lot of like this movie featured a lot of indie rappers too and i'm still finding indie rappers i like today
0: yeah no absolutely yeah. I'm, I'm sure you had one of the worst shuffles on the yeah.
4: line <laughs> on the ice yep kelly how about you you a big hip hop head nope this this ain't my world not at all okay. i did like in the <laughs> Movie and the way that they used it. I don't know if this was original hip hop or if it's an artist that already exists, but I did note that a lot of the things that they're like talking about were like old world brought to new world. They mentioned a lot of philosophy. They mentioned like green tea and pomegranates and it was like the perfect things to be in the song that's happening in the real world. It was this really cool blend of old and new, not just in the world of hip hop, but like in the architecture and the world that they exist in. I thought that was cool.
0: Chris, you want to round us out? Uh hip hop. Like, yeah, yeah hip
1: hop. I'm just the biggest fan. No, ICP, not at all. right? Uh, of course, all day. Uh, no, I don't really do hip hop. If it's on at the bar, at the club, if, you know, when I was younger, it's it's fine. But classic rock for me, all day. That's where uh, that's where my bread and butter's at.
3: My uh, first girlfriend was a big juggalo. Juggalette, I think they call oh, it. Cool. Uh, my oh, first Juggalette. girlfriend ever, and uh, I was. I delved into that scene a little bit when I was in the eighth grade and they were all a bunch of older dudes that were, you know, doing way too many drugs. And, uh, I was just in the eighth grade, like,
4: what's going on right now?
3: And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I do have a little experience with ICP at least. Drinking Fago on yeah. the rocks. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop,
0: whoop. Anyways, so I am actually like, I, I want to interject on this just because I am really big into hip hop. I used to be a ghostwriter for a local rapper, uh, rama you might know him chris um and i've always had the affinity of wordplay puns um you know the way that cadence works the way that the beats work the way that you know it goes back to like you know written word in general so the way that this movie incorporated again blending the old with the new there's a lot of old beats with a lot of new fresh sounding lyrics so i really like the clash of all that and i really feel like the movie did an excellent job in nailing down that um you know generational gap and bridging it through the music for me this movie really felt like a blend of movies and i'm not saying it's the first movie to come up with this concept but for me it was a hybrid of a fish out of water and a coming of age movie at the same time now i know how i feel but did one sort of style like you know fish out of water versus um coming of age did one work better for you or did they work together in a perfect blend or you know did neither of them work uh so kevin can i start with you and i can clarify if needed.
2: <laughs> so i'll get into this when i get to my reviews and all of that jazz but my only big critique from this film was kind of the lack of story i didn't feel like there was a lot of, of of plot outside of what we get to see from Morris's everyday life, which was compelling and interesting in a lot of ways, but there really wasn't a, I don't necessarily, a conflict to get over. We kind of saw some of that with some of the, you know, girlfriend things. But for me, I was just kind of waiting for something more to kind of progress. So it was more of a coming-of-age story to answer your question for me. Uh, It was definitely more focused on Morris kind of navigating the adolescence and the things of popularity in high school and dealing with girlfriends and yeah uh, you know being an american in germany obviously is going to be a fish out of water but i think more focused on the coming of age part of it for me
0: absolutely kelly do you have anything to
4: yeah i think it's a total blend of the two not only is he a fish out of water being american he's also black american in germany and there's no other black people around him in any sort his dad tells him he's we're the only two brothers around here which that's on top of like you said the coming of age with the girlfriends and the finding some freedom and the kid's only like 13 and he gets into some wild antics and it just put into perspective for me like i think that kids grow up a lot faster in germany in some ways but depending on where you are in America maybe you grow up faster it gave me a lot to think about while still being pretty light-hearted in what it was doing
0: yeah no absolutely uh uh Chris um did you like get a stronger like pull from like a- about a kid growing up in like any society or you know more about a kid from America trying to indoctrinate himself into the culture of Germany
1: I don't know necessarily think he was trying to indoctrinate himself. I think he, I don't know, it's almost like he was trying to live like he was in New York, be this, you know, this rapper, this gangster, but he's stuck in like an old school world almost in that sense. I think it's a good blend between the, the fish out of water and coming of age story, though. I thought they did that pretty well.
0: Okay, good, yeah. Uh, Eric, do you have any final thoughts? Same here,
3: yeah. like I thought it was a good blend. Like I, I think the father-son story definitely, and, and the crush on the girl in the movie, it, it was a coming-of-age story from that angle, but it equally served me like how unique it would be to be the only black kid in a town full of German people, and we were not uh, underserved on just kind of like the racial dog whistles in this movie from, uh, the random German people, you know, just constantly stereotyping them all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that was, that's very funny that you bring that up. I was going to say like, as a broader sense of where you can both say fish out of water and, um, coming of age story, it is about Sunday school teacher or whatever that found weed in the back. And he automatically blames, you know, Mm -hmm. the new American black kid. And, um, yeah i thought that was uh you know very interesting that really was like one of those like just overtly like like you said it's not even a dog yeah it's just straight (laughs) up racist so next i want to talk about my favorite part of the movie again like kevin said like it's very hard say that a plot happened it just feels like a bunch of stuff happened And it was in chronological order. But to say there was, you know, it sounded like he was always having a problem. Kelly, the cinematography in this movie absolutely blew me away. Was there any, like, standout shots that uh, caught you?
4: The, The standout shot for me. So like I had mentioned, just the high contrast that carries throughout the whole movie, I thought was just, like, really refreshing and different. The standout shot was when he goes to the old castle and he's listening to music on his out of his earbuds and everybody's bopping their head while they're looking at the art to the tune of his music that I laughed out loud. And then I was like, this is such a clever thing to do. And it makes me feel so many things. And it is just delightful. I loved that they did that. And I think cinematography as a whole throughout this whole movie was really well received by my eyes. I really liked it.
0: Cool. Kevin, did you, was anything that uh, you saw that like really wowed you? As yeah, far so cinematography, it, or cinematography in a whole. You right. Can, you can say it in like Kelly did. In Absolutely.
2: One. So there were several points in this movie where it went out of its way to make sure that you knew that you were watching an indie film, um, especially an A24 film. So we had some very interesting slow motion shots. We've, there's that one where our main protagonist or the, um, the female character, I'm, I'm blanking on her name right now, Catherine is, is walking like towards the screen in it's slow motion, almost like a, it's like a superhero or something along those lines. My favorite scene was when, uh, he gets convinced to go to the house for the first time before he gets pranked and, uh, she approaches him with the cigarette and the smoke scene where she's blowing kind of the smoke in his general direction they just took some really cool attention to some very specific scenes to make them just a little bit more pretty a little bit more vibrant um when they get in the car and we get some wide shots of of the green fields um as we see a lot of the scene um the scenery of, of our european setting so i love the cinematography like kelly said it played well when it was you know needed and it wasn't over the top um, at any point in time. And they made it very apparent that it was something they focused on through this film.
0: Uh, Eric, um, so especially like when we're talking about the cityscape that they showed, do you think they highlighted like an old town German city? like Definitely. As, yeah. like. Oh-
3: I, I Like, the tourism board came out with it? Oh, yeah, maybe tourism board, but, like, I, I didn't even know. Uh, like, I knew it probably was in a different country in the first two scenes because we go from a scene between Morris and his dad to Morris and the German teacher, and then we see, like, an establishing shot of Heidelberg, and uh, then we see all this beautiful old German architecture, you know? Like, it's straight out of a, a fairy tale. There was some great establishing shots of Heidelberg, and I also agree with Kelly about the scene in the castle. Just, I've, I've definitely been, uh, like I've been walking around listening to music and I feel like everybody is moving to the beat or tone of my music before. And so I felt that, I know it was like a surrealist scene, but like I've I've definitely felt like where I've been really into a song walking around and then everybody around me is like, oh, you're all part of a soundtrack right now. And uh, so I I really felt that scene actually to my core.
0: That's awesome. No, that's one of my favorites as yeah. well. Chris, do you have anything to follow up on that?
1: oh uh, yeah. So I think when he was doing his the little talent show, how everyone else is all like dressed in all the fun colors, and he's just there, black and white. That's it. It's a beautiful contrast, I thought, against a yellow background mm-hmm.
0: as, as well, which really you know yeah. accentuates that. Yeah, that's that's really. Like mm-hmm. I said, I love the cinematography. I think three shots uh, really stuck out for me there was shot where they had just left the um, talent show and they were eating and that fountain behind them was going off like as like it seemed like his blood pressure was rising because this pretty girl was giving him attention. The other thing is like I think like the movie does spell it out but the way the camera angle works on Curtis uh, about how lonely he is through the loss of his wife and his son growing up there's a lot of cool like shots of him at a table by himself and it was like zoomed up and Uh, away and you could really just see like the emptiness of the house that he was going through and then my final favorite shot and I actually like watched it a couple times because I loved it so much was um when they were on well he wasn't on ecstasy uh Catherine was on ecstasy and they go into this like slow motion dance and like I've like felt that before like dancing with someone and like just the pure like you know not to use a pun, ecstasy of it all. You know, it, I think it really did a really good job at conveying the emotions. And I think the camera work did way more than, I think a lot. we give a lot of movies credit for.
4: So, I like, if I can also yeah. add to that, that scene also then being followed up by, like, the camera, like, shoots, like, up the stairs off of all these faces we've never seen. And then we see his tutor's face. Like, yeah, almost, like, in, like, a little circle. And the expression she makes is, like, Chef's kiss. Loved that scene. <laughs> so, okay. No, that was... No, love that scene. So this is a very
0: character-heavy story. And I feel like I would be remiss if we didn't, like, run through all the main characters really quickly. So I each assigned you a character, and I wanted <laughs> you to give me your overall impression of them and what what your favorite thing, what your least favorite thing. Um, you know, just give give us all, you know, a good well-rounded character development for the character I'm giving you. So to our lucky esteemed guests, Chris, what did you think of the character of Morris?
1: I thought the actor who played him did a phenomenal job with the role. You could tell that he put his heart and soul into this, uh, to really get the best out of Craig Robinson too. I think he, it's hard to judge him off of this role cause I've never seen him in anything else. But when he's talking with his his tutor, you could tell that he is trying to stay true to himself, uh, you know, being this gangster that he is. But she's slowly almost like breaking down that exterior, and making him more of a charming person like he wants to be. Um, so I thought uh, Maurice was very good. 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 Um, Eric, what did you think of Inca, the um, German teacher? Yeah. Uh,
3: I didn't like how she snitched, <laughs> but, like, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of snitches, but um, sni- snitches get stitches, you know, that's the old saying. But uh, I, I think she otherwise than that. She was actually a pretty, like, lovable and commendable uh, German teacher for Morris, and I felt like, you know, she was a true buddy to him in a time when he really needed a buddy, but also somebody a little bit older than him to... Like between him and his dad to kind of guide him through this coming of age that he's going through. And, you know, he's what, 13, and, you know, he's probably got hormones galore right now. And, uh, I, this movie is not short oh, on, That's... you know, showing how, uh, <laughs> you know, how many hormones he has. But, uh, but yeah, uh, she is kind of like a good guidance, uh, guiding light for him in, in this time.
0: Not to, uh, like throw it right back at you, but um what do you think the significance was of uh her boyfriend being in America, if there was anything? Like I didn't really understand that plot. I did right? yeah,
3: and then she said like I'm not German. I maybe she's Austrian, I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't really catch much significance, just maybe uh the dad um knew her somehow, or maybe because she her boyfriend was American or she spent time in America, she would be a better German teacher from but I I didn't pick well, up anything. No, he's
0: German. He went to America to learn English. I think that was like
3: the the boyfriend did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's yeah, I, I didn't pick up anything yeah, okay. deeper about it. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really either. I yeah. just wanted to ask since <laughs> yeah. you know that was like one of those like lingering uh, plot threads. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, what? Speaking of Curtis, what what do you think of his character played by Craig Robinson?
4: <laughs> Curtis the dad. I think yeah, he's totally. There's parents there's a reason like as someone who's not a parent you can't be so take it with a grain of salt you can't be friends with your children and i think that he's an example why there's no doubt he loves his son and he'll do anything for him but that kid is desperately trying to get his own like sense of life that doesn't involve his dad and his dad's like the way that i interpreted him he's like constantly like but I miss my friend, I want my friend to come back home. I got you a, I got you a present, I guess I'll just play with it. <laughs> my favorite scene of him, I think, and in the second half of this movie, I wasn't as engaged as I was in the first half, but um, he calls the sex hotline and he's just looks like bored out of his skull and he's just looking at pictures of his wife and I'm like, this man just needs connection like anywhere he can get it, but he wants like genuine connection. And your 13 year old son, he's grown up, he's gonna start his own life. And I think it was really cool to watch his character have like, he grew up too, you know? He was like, I need to let my son be an adult and I need to not rely on him for everything. That's the feeling I kept getting from him. And he's not a bad person for it. Like, I totally get it. I just, I think they did a great job just towing that line for his character. And I think he did a good job portraying it. I know him from The Office. It was cool seeing him play this character instead. Both actor and character, I think, well portrayed, well written. Excellent, yeah, me too. I, yeah, he was my favorite,
0: Kevin. (laughs) uh, Catherine, the uh, love interest, Um, she definitely goes through a lot as a character. What do you think of her character (laughs) and how she played throughout the movie?
2: Acting job fantastic, but again, it's when you don't have a lot of structure in what you're. Doing, you're just kind of having conversations that you would normally be having, and then you have this language barrier, right? So a lot of this film is spoken in German, and some of it is in English, and some of their scenes in between those two are also in English and German. So that, of course, takes some skill and some acting chops, Um, and she, of course, did a great job there. But I, from the character standpoint, I couldn't really feel what her end game was. What was she going for? Was she trying to just get to know morris because he was a curiosity to her and that includes pranking him and bringing her him around to these concerts and there is some genuine interest from her character towards him but clearly not in anything more than a i've never been around an american probably a, an african american before and she's just curious what a 15 or 16 year old teenage girl would be asking the questions, finding out what it is, you know, oh, hip hop. You know, we get that awkward scene when she's asking things about him and she asks if he has a big dick. And it's like it's it's very it's awkward. interesting that it's very <laughs> awkward, but it also feels like that's kind of what she really is just truly trying to figure out who this guy is. Not not from any other perspective than other than just from a curious standpoint. The subplot with her mom was interesting. I thought that it, it kind of gave her like a grounding force on why she maybe is the way she is. She has no interest in um, staying in town. She knows that she's going to be leaving. Um, and you could tell from kind of her interactions that that was apparent. Um, so good job on that. Uh, I did appreciate the way that it wrapped up. And I'm sure we'll get to the ending. But she has got a big part in all of that. I, I will give her that. The club scenes were fun. I liked the the slow-moing and the dancing and just kind of her interaction. Um, as one of the main characters, the movie doesn't really work without her. Um, so I thought that in general, she did a very good job of, of bringing Morris out and, you know, making the title
3: seem relevant. Uh, Eric, did you want to say something? Yeah, um, I was going to say I, I understand her character, I think. I, I felt like she was in her rebel phase. She was 15 It'd be easy to, like, not like her in this movie just because of how she kind of, you know, plays Morris around, but, like, she, I feel like is in this very rebellious phase in her life, which, like, as a teenager, I think everybody's allowed to be in. The The Big Dick comment was very odd. That's also kind of a racial dog whistle, too, but, uh, but at the same time, yeah, she's this German girl who, you know, she... She just is doing whatever can be contrarian and edgy at the time. I understood her character and I felt like it was still a a good character to have in the movie and to have her be the main focal point opposite Morris.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I also don't think like she's as negative as like maybe the movie like unintentionally portrayed her because... um you know i think you're right she is just trying to figure her own life out she's only 15. yeah (laughs) what seems like a terrible family life and it seems like you know i I guess like you you have to take the uh water gun scene on face that she like really meant for it to be like a harmless prank because then her character kind of breaks a little bit and then also leaving him when she knows he doesn't have a cell phone in a different city that sucks you know know. um you know but it all blows over with a letter so that's very sweet (laughs) Kevin kind of put it up, but I I thought this was kind of a fun little thing. There's a lot of strange places where they have parties in this uh, movie. There's under the bridge, a (laughs) castle, and a random German discotheque. So, my (laughs) team panel, where's the weirdest place you've ever partied? (laughs) Kevin. (laughs)
2: weirdest? Um, oh, I actually have the answer for that. Um, it was, and this is in a non-creepy way, it was in the Children's Museum of Marquette well, been, because we convinced, that we convinced the yeah. owner that we were having an alumni get together and then me and my bandmates named the Funky Purple Tits threw a kegger in the Children's Museum <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and had a concert inside and played in the jungle and were all dressed up and yeah, so that was the that's the definitely the coolest wildest place I've ever had a party.
0: Uh, do you, uh, you can keep it anonymous. But which children museum? Like was it? No, I just said Michigan? it. It was the one in Marquette.
2: I think it's just oh, called the Marquette's yeah,
3: Children Museum.
2: Children's Mar- museum. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Eric said, he was at that party. So. Yep.
3: <laughs> there was also what's... like a uh, play or a fake plane, um, like a little plane that you could actually like get in act like you're flying around and stuff and I yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean there was like a bunch of random shit there and oh my god it was wild (laughs) (laughs) it was a a night
0: alright uh Kelly where's the weirdest place you've ever thrown it down
4: yeah so I'll this will be exciting for you guys I thought about it it's in a Chicago suburb and I won't name where in a hotel that's hexagon shaped and it's six stories tall so we had a penthouse party, and you had this whole balcony that was out on the back, and then there was roof after it. I have to explain way too much architecture <laughs> to get there. But basically, you could walk out on the roof, and then if you did a little hop, and remember we're six stories <laughs> up, up, the, up yeah. you could get to the other roof and another balcony, and there's another penthouse, which was empty. And we thought what are the chances that they just leave that sliding door unlocked? Well, this was yeah, after zero. the wedding. Yeah. Yes, this is after a wedding. Okay, and I was there too. We totally, we totally got in. There's <laughs> Eric's at every weird party. Wait, you
2: got, you got into the empty penthouse? Yes, yep. so
4: the empty penthouse, they totally didn't lock it. We got in there. It's not like we were going to do anything big. We weren't going to put music in there. But the like euphoria of doing that little jump and getting in there and being like, we're not supposed to be here. And it was like... <laughs> That was amazing.
0: Hell yeah. yeah,
1: that's really cool. All right, Chris, I am kind of lame compared to you guys. I just, <laughs> you just I
4: don't think have of any party wild stories Eric like that.
1: At. My <laughs> job, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the I mean I guess the weirdest place I've ever been drunken is Afghanistan, but that's not really a party. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's true. No, yeah, that's not really a party, no. <laughs>
1: Was it the no, barracks so, though? Like I mean obviously. you can call it barracks. We were in the middle of moving from one base to another and I had a care package sent to me and it was like four bottles of like water bottles filled with vodka. And I was like, all right, boys, we're having a good night. <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> it, was, it was a long
0: night. Nice. Dance in the desert. Oof,
2: uh,
3: yeah. All right, Eric, since you've already been to two, I can't wait to hear what you're is. So I was in prison and I made some toilet wine one time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, like, let me think. So, okay, there was one time, this was actually a birthday that I had, and this is Marquette again. Um, there was a man-made fort, like, uh, in Marquette. You would you'd be go, hiking down to a place called Hidden Beach, and you'd take a right, follow this little path, and you'd have to hike up a hill, and somebody made a fort up there. And my friend and I decided to invite some people and try to bring a keg up there. And uh, we tried to get there early, and it was just my friend and I lugging the keg. And it was like a quarter keg. So, you know, it wasn't a full keg. But either way, we could not get up the hill with this keg. We were just like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, there's no way we're getting up this hill. And so we started yelling, like, because, sorry, we heard people up there, like, rummaging around. And we were like, hey, please, please help. We, we have some, we have a keg down here. And then they said, you have a broken leg? And they were like, no, we have a keg! And then we just heard them just like out of nowhere start sprinting down the hill. And um, these guys helped us carry the keg up. So, But then a- after we got it up, we were chilling, having a beer. Um, we heard a Coast Guard boat come up uh, on Lake Superior say, like over a loudspeaker where you could hear them saying, is everyone okay out there? Are you okay? And so you I guess idiots. we were yelling so loud that the coast guard came. They thought somebody was drowning. Um, and we uh, we just like were completely silent and uh, had a good rest of the night in this little man made fort on top of a hill in Marquette. And yeah, our friends came too. Um, the beer was a little foamy, but uh, it was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great awesome. story. Yeah, man, great that's story.
0: a lot of good stories. Yeah. Um, I've never drank before, so we're just gonna go. Over <laughs> <here>. <laughs> Come on. um, (laughs) um, The one that comes off my head, I I think there's others, but this is probably one the least illegal and, (laughs) you know, you know, some nights you can't remember and that's okay. My buddy worked for a pizza restaurant and there was like a bar like in the restaurant. I think Chris knows where it is, so I'm really not going to say the name of it, (laughs) but we convinced him to keep the back door unlocked while like 10, 12 of us like slipped in the back. And we basically drank their liquor cabinet, <laughs> like, <laughs> empty, made, like, five terrible pizzas. Oh, God. Flashed the music, <laughs> and the cops ended up coming. Uh. But the one hostess that was, like, sober, she, like, convinced them to go away. <laughs> and, like, we made off scot-free, which is, like, one of the craziest things to ever happened. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I partied in the closed-down pizzeria. So. Nice. There you go. I think I know Solid. exactly what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't even.
2: shoot <laughs> <laughs> don't know. You don't know.
0: Get the uh, Men in Black flasher. Okay, so let's get to the end of this movie. movie ends pretty abruptly. Morris gets left behind, as we alluded. Morris gets left behind by his uh, German friend, Katrin. She goes off with her boyfriend and starts her own life. And Morris has a real heart-to-heart with his dad. He goes home and he kind of like blows off his own steam and then roll credits so what did we all think of this ending was there any grandiose like message to the end of the movie or uh, at least i'm going to say what i think that adolescence goes on problems continue um and the movie of life doesn't really end so it's just saying that this movie doesn't have an ending it's just morris learned a little through two weeks of whatever he was going through but uh chris what did you get out of the ending did, did anything between the
1: ending monologue between him and curtis <sighs> it just made me laugh uh he tells this nice long beautiful story and then <laughs> moe's just like he's like well how do you know it was a girl and he's just it's always a girl <laughs> that just i that just part you know just made me laugh um but yeah no i thought it was a good ending for an otherwise non-plot-filled movie yeah.
0: Yeah. Eric, uh his German teacher ran <laughs> on him one last time. How'd you feel about that? <laughs>
3: uh, that time it was necessary. Like he needed to be pick up picked up and he needed a father son moment in that moment. Like there was obviously, you know, something went horribly awry for him to get stuck in, I think, Frankfurt, right? And uh yeah, like I I think his dad needed to pick him up at that point. So that that at that point that's okay to snitch, but um, the ending, and basically just kind of the whole message of this movie, it's it's a coming-of-age tale, and I think it's just to, you know, like, stick close to and um, trust the ones you love, and be open with them. Actually, like, communicate uh, when things are going going uh, bad, because there's more people around you that can help you with what what's going on with you than you'd ever know. And especially, you know, like, his dad. Uh, he was his companion the whole time, and him trusting his dad, I think, was kind of what came out of that, and, uh, with a lot of coming-of-age films, it, this is different than, like, you know, Superbad, The Breakfast Club, you know, pl- stuff like that, but there aren't very big plots in those movies, you know, they're, it's getting st- stuck at Saturday school, or, uh, trying to buy alcohol with a fake ID, you know, that's, and go to a party, that, that's the plots of those movies, and they're still fine, and, uh, you know, this movie made me laugh enough to enjoy it. And I think that's the uh, bottom line, is that it made me laugh. It was a comedy and a coming-of-age tale, and it worked.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Kevin, I asked you about the Catrin. Uh, um, did her letter at the end uh, redeem her character? or?
2: Yeah, absolutely. If we would have just left it with her yelling at him after the, the jealous tackle into the wall and that was the end we found from the character i would have felt definitely a lot worse about her as, as a person throughout the whole thing um but yeah i thought it, it did put a nice bow on it for me it kind of made it feel like at like erica alluded to, adolescence happens right so this is part of life and it's a bump it's a road bump and now you move forward onto the next adventure to the next girl You're going to gain confidence from your hip-hop performance. You're going to gain confidence from, you know, having your first hit of marijuana, from doing the big boy thing at 13. Like, all of those things kind of come together. I really enjoyed the final scene with his dad picking him up from Frankfurt and telling him that story about how he was in Frankfurt following his mom around after three months. Like, you could just feel there was something special about Craig Robinson's performance in the way he described his wife. Because we got nothing but a still photograph. We didn't get anything else, really. No real descriptions. Nothing else other than she was the finest girl in all of the city. I think he said something along those lines And just like three months and he fell in love with her. And Kelly, you alluded to that scene earlier when he was on the um, call with the, the sex worker. And I just wrote brutal in my notes. Like that was probably for me the most emotional part of the movie was just kind of seeing him. Um, interacting even with his friends at the bar, right? Uh, his buddy goes to try to pick up the girl, and he makes the off comment, you know. I hope he gets it. You know, he's just hoping for love, right? He's just hoping for, for some some sort of of, of groundness in his new life. Um, so I thought the ending was great. The Frankfurt, the whole thing was was a good bow to an otherwise kind of plodding movie for me. But uh, I did enjoy it. So good, good on her. Good lettering, um, and I did enjoy the way they finished it.
0: Kelly, how'd you feel about the ending?
4: Ending was good. I don't know if I have anything to add. I was listening to someone <laughs> so intently that like my brain went quiet for a no, moment. No, i <laughs> um, was very oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was good. I will say, like the second half of this movie, I kind of said this earlier too. The first half of it was like for me, like really engaging, really delightful. I really enjoyed it more than I thought that I would, and then in the second half, I was like. I was less engaged, not to say like it was worse or anything, but it was like, okay, like I understand like kind of what's going on. And it's kind of like, give me something bigger to hang on to. And I actually, I want to talk about Catrin's uh, Kat- letter at the end too. It redeemed her character. It made it so that she is like written as a 15 year old teenage girl that is gonna kind of play with younger guys sometimes. If she knows that you're into her, she might just kind of, string you along a bit i kind of said too like our our kid he's experimenting with his boundaries and what he's able to do as himself as a young a young man that he's becoming she's doing the same the fact that she sends that letter in the end redeems her and i love that they incorporated that and i think it like it made this story like heartwarming from kind of beginning to end touching in a lot of areas but staying heartwarming throughout so i did i liked the ending
3: one more kind of, like, message I got. Um, when he did the rap, uh, you know, fucking two bitches, and then his dad was just like, have you ever fucked two bitches at a time? No. Snoop Dogg has, though. That's Save why he can rap Snoop. about it. And then he's <laughs> like, you know what? You-, you need to rap about your unique perspective. You need, like, that is something that only you can rap about. Only you can share your unique perspective. And that's, like, father to a son, like, great words. Just, like carry your unique perspective and your unique story with you at all times and uh that is what is going to make you great you know is your unique perspective on things and so that's a a, definitely a message I took away from this movie is like carry your unique perspective with you everywhere and your art should be your perspective and he got his eight mile moment right like that was phenomenal (laughs) he
2: got up there and like he you know that rap was great and it was yeah. exactly what his dad told him to do mm-hmm. i did not expect him to go to finish it i honestly mm-hmm. thought he was just gonna st- like no nah, i can't do this anymore and whatever yeah. else but the fact that he washed his face and went up there total 180 foot, i was expecting mm-hmm. so great scene that was phenomenal
4: and like acapella too yeah there was yeah. a track for him and he was just like don't want it don't no, need it
2: nothing yeah that, that was that was balls of steel right there good on that kid yeah
0: I would have loved to hear him rap that with German Unz Unz music. Though. <laughs> no, that was that was a really special moment, too. I just, yeah, it's it's very hard to incorporate it because, like I said, there's a lot of just stuff happening in this movie. And like Kelly said, there's just, like, really no big, like, okay, here's the uh, cat in the tree that we have to go save. So, mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so any final thoughts before we get to the uh, grading for this one? Kevin?
2: So one thing that I think that I really, really enjoyed about this movie was how realistic it felt. It really felt to me like an actual portrayal of what adolescence would be, what it would be like to be in this situation where this family is, what it even like the awkward scene and we didn't touch on it, but the body pillow dancing. Like that whole scene in general, like we touched on the hormones and how some of those things get but to include that, why why would you put that in there, right? For any other reason than this is reality. This is exactly what a teenage boy would probably be doing in this situation. And this movie doesn't shy away from that. And it's awkward, but it's it's real life. And I really enjoyed that about this. I didn't necessarily enjoy some of the other parts, but it, like in general, it was raw and it felt good. And it was just a good movie from that perspective because it was just real. And I like that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, like... <laughs> I like the part where, uh, speaking of like realism and like cringe, but like a good kind of cringe, mm-hmm. uh, when he's doing his uh, Jay-Z impression, and she doesn't know who Jay-Z is, he goes, hmm. he's like, fuck you, it was a great impression. <laughs> when I was 13, I'd say the exact same yeah. thing. Oh, that's yeah. Like... You say that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, the realism was very, very, um, very cool, and the world did seem lived in, in a, in a sort of way. Any, yeah, any other I... thing?
4: I yeah, was hoping that we would get to hear from Cole because he's self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed loves a slice of life movie. And this one just drops you in. The camera's just on now, so stay for a while and then you'll leave. So I, I, had, so,
0: I had so many Cole lines, I was going to say, you know, if this isn't a slice of life, this is the whole pie. But, you know, <laughs> he's not here, so I guess... <laughs> Country boys make do, right? I like the line
2: or when he says, you know, we're in the same boat, so get on my team. Just, like, the idea of, of really those two having to stick together to kind of make this work for both of them. You know, we we alluded to the, you know, Curtis needing uh, the companionship from his son because he doesn't have a lot of close people in his life. And then, you know, Morris needing his dad to, to be a guiding force so he doesn't think that fucking two bitches is the way that he's going to go through life and how... Thick and gangster. Because he's not. He's not thick and gangster. He's a he's a soft kid who 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 wants just the best for the world. So I just thought that was good too. And he's only gonna
0: win a source award. Don't forget that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> Alright, guys, I think it's time to get to gradings. Eric, let's start with you on this one.
3: Okay, so I think we've discussed, you know, the major themes in here. The fish out of water and coming of age tale. And I think they do both of those really well. And I've also never really seen a film about like an African American kid being in a small German town and that kind of unique perspective and plot that can derive from that. Like, yeah, I know this film it largely lacked on save save the cat uh kind of plot, but like it was very good at small stories and details during when you're growing up, but also putting you in such a unique time and place with a unique character to be in that time and place. And I give it major points for that. One more thing. I, I guess we didn't discuss something I saw on Catherine's board. There was a Spike Lee quote on her board and it said, parents mm-hmm. kill more dreams than anybody. And mm-hmm. I think this movie was definitely about like having a strong parental figure and trusting them. And what happens also when you don't have a strong parental figure, you know, from Katrin's uh, standpoint, she rebels, she Flips out and you know follows this pair guy, you know DJ that travels around everywhere, and you can see the difference in the two teenagers what they're going through. And when Morris is at his lowest, he has his dad to pick him up, and when Katrin's at her lowest, uh, her mom, you know, isn't there, and that's the difference between both of them. And I think that you know that's also a very poignant point for the whole movie. This movie made me laugh a ton. Uh, one more thing we didn't mention was uh, the bully playing the flute uh, during the talent show. I laughed my ah. ass off at that. Uh, there were so many little like good lines in here and funny funny parts that I really enjoyed and uh, I'll say in the end, you know this is a comedy film it's a coming- of age film so I'm not going to put it in the A category but I still did I still do think it did very well at what it was trying to do so I will give this a B24. B-24. All right, Kevin, what do you got for us?
2: All right, so what to say that I already have not said about this film in general, right? For me, when I watch some of these films on our list, uh, I hate to approach it the way of homework, but sometimes it does feel that way, right? We know that we have to have a certain movie on a certain timeline, Point being is that this particular film would not be one that I would probably pick out on my own even after a, a trailer or a description. So being put into a situation where I have to watch it kind of changes my attitude when I start a film. And As the film progresses, as it can either grab me and hook me and really you know, pull me in or it can kind of exist in its own world which is a perfectly fine world but it may not be the world that I particularly enjoy. I feel like Kelly's kind of had some of these moments in some of these films where she articulates it super well. Where it's like, it's great for what it is, but it isn't for me. So, it, is it sweet? Yes. Does it have great writing and great acting? Absolutely. Is it something that I feel needed to be made into a movie? Maybe not. Is it something that is great for a specific audience? Absolutely. I loved some of the slow shots that we get, some of the attention to cinematography. I enjoyed the soundtrack. Uh, It blended a perfect amount of different genres we get some incredible hip-hop influences right we get Biggie Smalls and we get Jay-Z and then we get some and some Opus 50 by Gabriel Forey. like we get these classical moments that are just mixed in with some of these other places that ballet scene is just chef's kiss for me because it just really this hard gangster guy is now seeing just this peaceful moment of music and, and moment it was just great and then to even just have that, you know, that EDM style of things. So to wrap all of those things up, it was a good blend of everything that it was trying to do. Like Eric said, it had those high moments with the comedy, those heavy moments with some of the drama, the life lessons between both of the sides of the parents, and how i articulated how incredibly realistic i felt this movie was in general so while it wasn't for me i do think it's for a lot of other people and i want more people to see it because it does give a great perspective that i think more people in general should see so for all those reasons uh, it gets a b24 as well from me
0: b24 all right uh let's go to our uh guest Uh, let's go to chris
1: uh, honestly, if it was not for you guys doing this lovely podcast, I don't think I would ever have heard of this movie. <laughs> even though I'm on IMDb all the time, looking at you know my actors, favorite actors and actresses, the stuff they've been in, I've probably seen Craig Robinson's IMDb a hundred times, never even noticed this. But that being said, though, I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was very well put together. You know, obviously it did lack an actual true storyline the conversations that they've had along the way, I thought they did a very good job with it. I would probably watch it again with somebody who hasn't seen it before. Would I watch it again on my own? Probably not. (laughs) I felt like I was cheated out of a beautiful Craig Robinson part where he could have had a nice little piano scene and he could have sang like in all the other roles he's done. (laughs) But it's okay. I enjoyed it still. Um, So I'm going to give it a B plus 24. Nice. All right. All right, Miss Kelly.
4: All right, Mr. Blaze, <laughs> my cornerstones, So I had my like four corners that I've talked about in previous reviews, but I've had too much Aquavit to tell you what they all are. <laughs> However, this movie has hit enough of them <laughs> that I can talk about some other things and I will keep it brief. So what I'm saying with my cornerstones is you have to hit those in order to get into part two, which is when I then give some of these notes. It hit the other two spots, which is make me care about the characters, and it did do that, and show, don't tell, and I've already given an example of that, knocked it out of the park in a lot of ways. So it doesn't underestimate the intelligence of its audience while it just kind of carries you along through the story. But I think that you need to be a specific kind of person watching this movie and that you appreciate that and you're not needing maybe like your hands held while like you're walked through the film, if that makes sense. It's just come along with us, we made it, and take it for what you will. Uh, Throughout the whole thing, it's heartwarming, delightful, unique, and funny. It nailed all those. I enjoyed every minute watching this movie, which, uh, like Kevin was saying too, it's not like something that I typically would watch or that's my typical flavor. And so it surprised me. And that's always, like I already said, quite delightful. Then comes the biggest question, which is, what do I take away from this movie? Like, why did it exist? And what is it going to give me personally while I walk away? And what I took from it is it's this kind of clashing of old versus new, both in hip hop, both in European and American ideals, and in the way that people kind of live. But there's certain things that are always gonna be the same. And there's always gonna be things that the previous generation can teach the younger one because it's just universal, regardless of who, where, why. There's always advice to be given and advice to be taken. So that's kind of my takeaway from it. I don't know if it's what they wanted to say 100%. I'm not saying I'm right, but I thought it was nice. I should probably score it higher, but Kevin kind of said the same thing. It's not my typical flavor. They did everything really, really well, and I would recommend this to people, but I'm still going to just give it. It's above average, but not by much. It's a B-24 from me. And that's me liking it a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, so I agree with a lot of what you guys have to say. I like aesthetically this movie was a treat to watch sound wise i really loved how like every song seemed to match the movie and how like it was progressing and the characters within this movie like they felt like real people and they weren't like forcing themselves to like be an archetype of you know single father dead mom you know or kid alone who's Mm -hmm. you know in a new part of society, you know, everyone felt like real genuine people. And that's like really what like had me liking this movie. My, my biggest issue is that it just seemed to not go anywhere. And I agree. uh, Kelly said it, um, before the, uh, reviews, but she said you get to the halfway point and you're super invested. And then not that it, you know, drops the floor from underneath you. It's just like, it, it, it just keep being, like, slightly irritating to be uh, Morris, which I'm sure is, like, a real plot point. But it the, the lack of a true ending for me, I guess... I, I say this a lot for, like, movies that I find dumb. Like, oh, maybe it's just, like, too smart for me. I, I think this movie might actually be too smart for me because <laughs> I, I don't understand the last 20 minutes and why the last 20 minutes existed and, like, how the first hour and 10 was like had me like moving along at such a like i I couldn't wait for the next scene and then it kind of just like stopped he did his rap but he already did a rap so it's like okay then he's stuck and his dad just picks him up he don't even see his dad like rushing to get there he just gets there you know the heartfelt speech at the end was great and i really feel like the letter at the end was like okay i can put a cap in my first love my life's still gonna like be like a little heartbroken but you know you know that the next chapter of his life is about to start whether or not there's a sequel which is kind of cool i guess like i can't even say it's like an amb- ambiguous setting because it doesn't really end like it just mm-hmm. keeps the, the universe of the the movie keeps going on which i guess is kind of cool but yeah i mean i think i would definitely recommend this to anyone who uh likes the you know slice alive fish out of water Cliche, cliche, cliche. Um, because they did it cool. They did it different. And like you guys said, I was laughing a lot of the times. Like when they stole the bully's uh, flute and <laughs> put it in the tree. I thought that was like really just like almost cartoony. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? That actually like, you know, I could do that. I could see myself doing that to a bully. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a B minus. But it's a solid B minus. And, you know, it just it just, like you guys said, it wasn't for me. So... After that, I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to us. As always, please make sure to rate five stars, comment if you'd like to. Chris, thank you for coming on. It means a lot to me, to all of us.
3: I also, I want all of you to, uh, after you listen to this, um, cook yourself up a nice uh, glizzy or a hot dog and look up pictures of people on ecstasy. Uh, That's, you know, and (laughs) eat the hot dog while you're looking at it and, you know, see what happens.
4: that's the hardest I laughed <laughs> That the was movie. hilarious. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> he just shakes his head and is like, nah. He's like, nah, I'm not doing <laughs> <Yep>. this. <laughs> yep. That's all it took. Just, nope. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. And then that bunny ear given motherfucker. I thought that was a yep. great <laughs> line to end up. That was
0: awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right.
3: I think that's it. Yeah, that's a good way to end it. it. Daniel Craig, I'm sorry. Daniel (laughs) Craig.